This podcast is brought to you by Brunner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbrunner.com and take your skills to the next level. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my goal with each episode is to share stories of people who are recreating their lives or rising above challenges to write their next chapters with authenticity. These stories give me the courage to go after living my best life, and I think they will do that for you, too. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the show so this podcast can continue to inspire next chapters all over the world. For more than 20 years, my guest was a sought-after model living in Paris, Miami, and all around the world. And yet, she struggled with her own body image, yo-yo dieting, and often told to lose weight even at a size four. Determined to redefine what beauty meant for herself, she walked away from the modeling world and started a movement to change the narrative of what it means to be beautiful from the inside out at any age. I'm so happy to introduce all of you to my friend, Bridget Brown. Bridget, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to see you. I loved that introduction. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Well, it's all true. (laughs) That's the good news. You saying it and putting it together the way you did was beautiful. You are beautiful. You're a mom, you're a model, you're an activist, and you're the founder of Beyond Beauty Project. And you are on a mission, girl. Why did you start Beyond Beauty Project? Initially, I grew up with my mom having multiple sclerosis, and she got diagnosed when I was five. You know, I was the only other girl in the house, so I was oftentimes in her bedroom helping her get dressed. And, you know, her body was changing. It was debilitating from the MS. My mom was a hairdresser and she was a girly girl and she loved makeup and she was beautiful. And I saw, I think at a young age, maybe not actually being able to understand how this sort of perfectionism influence from society to kind of fit into the box can really affect a woman's self-esteem, especially when they lose their beauty or their bodies. And then I went on to work as a professional model. And I didn't do it because I wanted to be a model because I was actually quite like shy and modest. And I did it (laughs) because I was helping to fund my college. And so I went into this world sort of like a like a deer in headlights, like super naive. (laughs) I had came from the dance world where, yes, the dance world can be very also there's definitely body image issues in that world. But I really, in the dance world, got a lot of confidence and like, you know, our bodies are powerful and we use them for creating these beautiful dances. When I went into the modeling world and it was kind of, you know, you should lose weight or you need to cut your hair or, you know, your waist is a little too big still. I started almost getting this like rebel personality, like, no, can't tell me, you know, and there's so much more to me than than that. So I think that's when it really sparked and I kind of put it all together and I just went on this journey. I was in the, I'm still in the modeling world. I just, I'm very choosy about what I do now. It has to really align with representing the 45 year old woman that's going to show up unapologetically. But I went on this journey of watching girls struggle severely with eating disorders. And I struggled with my own and 
I struggled with all of my self-worth tied into what I looked like. And mm -hmm. you can get lost in that really easily because nothing else is celebrated about you. I would quit and I would go and read all the books and I got really in tune with my mind, body and spirit. I got certified to be a holistic health coach and I've done a ton of studies. I really launched my project at this suicidal moment in my life. I had lost my mom, my dad, my brother in a two year time span. It was pretty brutal, all of their, their deaths. And then I was pregnant with my daughter when my dad had passed away. He was the third one. I was six months pregnant. I had her, a best friend passed away. And then I just went on to have these string of miscarriages. And the last one was I lost twins at five and a half months. And I was a twin. I'm a twin myself. My, one of my best friends was pregnant with twins, identical twins too. I just thought, okay, after all of this, this is the reason. Like God has a plan. And then I lost them and I was just kind of broken. Went back to my agency because I was like, okay, I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to get something back in my life like it was before. And they told me I needed to lose weight. And it shattered me. I know that sounds silly, but it was almost like the last domino that fell. And I got off the phone and I cried. I had already been like writing stuff down and documenting and like I had journals filled of stuff and talked to my therapist, my husband, and I, I walked away. I just said, I was with Ford Models at the time. I had been with them for years. And I just said that if I'm gonna heal my body and I'm gonna heal my mental health and it's in a horrible place right now, I needed to do it without the judgment yeah. of other people. That was my responsibility because I was putting myself in that situation. So I walked away and I didn't know what I was starting, but here I am. It's amazing. Here I love are. it. I don't know what I'm doing half the time still, but yeah, I started a podcast. Like technology is not my thing. So I went to my husband. I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. He's like, oh, you are. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I know. And it's grown into people asking me to do speaking events and workshops. And that's how we met. Yeah, I love it. And I just get these beautiful messages from people that clarify that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that was a very long answer. Thank you. It's a long me answer, chat. but let's let's <laughs> unpack some of that. OK, because I, I love that story. <laughs> Okay, so you're this professional model for 20 years, and you mentioned a moment ago you were really never interested in doing modeling, but at 19, you're discovered. So how were you discovered? Because I think that's always a, an interesting story for people. I was working um, as a secretary at Bob's Big Boy headquarters in Detroit because I was like, oh, I'm going to get this job. Didn't know how to type. I'm like scrappy <laughs> like that. I'm like, I'll figure it out. You know, and I was making decent money. I think I was making $17 an hour. And so I'm going to college full-time, I'm working full-time. People would tell me as I was growing up, like, you should model, should model. I tried it once, I wasn't interested in it. And then I was like, maybe I should model. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I not? could fund this college a little easier. And at the time I was like, maybe I can make it extra $100 a month. So I found the best photographer in town. His name is Emin, still really good friends with him. I shot pictures with him thinking I would just do local work, not even knowing there was this whole world. And, and he was like, you could do this professionally. I'll help you send your pictures out. So we sent pictures out with a handwritten note. 
we had fax machines then we didn't email <laughs> i walked into big but big boy headquarters on a monday morning my boss went like this handed me about 17 faxes from agencies all around the world and said i guess you're not going to be working here anymore yeah, and i was I like oh my <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh my god you know oh, that's such a great story yeah it was cool so that's the day my life really changed and you really had a quick trajectory and your career took off you were all over the world i am curious can you name what you would say would be the best positive experience that you got out of that time i think that modeling was one of the biggest blessings in my life as well because it gave me the life I have now. It got me to somewhere I never would have been able to get to. Listen, I have a lot of horror stories on sets, but there's just days I think of, like I was messaging with a stylist this morning and we had some of the best times on set and you make these wonderful friendships. And I always felt like traveling and being on set with all different kinds of people was this ongoing education that you just got just talking to people and you would talk about every anything from right. what's going on with your roommate to what's going on in the world what's your favorite song to do you have this great tip on something to do with health so it opened me up to this beautiful expansive world that i wouldn't have had and i'm really grateful for that well, you grew up in the Midwest outside of Detroit. So living all over the world like that really gives you an education in and of itself. You mentioned a moment ago, too, about the pressures and the standards that people kind of faced back then. I'm curious from your perspective, is the standard the same today, the expectation the same today as it was when you started in modeling about what size you were and what you were supposed to look like and your hair and your all of that? Is it the same today, do you think, or is there enough change going on in the world? People that are very inundated in the modeling world would say, yes, they think it's more inclusivity when it comes to sizing and skin colors and all that. I would say that the box of perfectionism that they are asked to be in or were asked to be in is the same. It's just wrapped a little differently. Yes. Do we have, they call plus size modeling. I don't love that term. What do you think it should be called? Bodies. Bodies. Just bodies. Okay. All different kinds of bodies. Well, I'm curious to know, too, you know, there's a lot of talk about body positivity. How do you feel about that language? Is that a good term or not? Yeah, I think body positivity is good in the way that it is helping us say we should love all kinds of bodies. Yeah. I think where body positivity can get a little pushback is it's not easy if you have a hang up on your body or you're hating your body or you're going through, you know, body dysmorphia to just all of a sudden one day say like, I love my body today. I love my body. And that's great. You know, I really think it's a, uh, there's a lot more work that has to go into actually loving your body. But yes, I think the body positivity has helped for sure. If you are on like the straight board, which is basically the editorial girls, there is a lot of pressure for them to be extremely thin still. And it's mm -hmm. not healthy. And there's a lot of eating disorders going rampant. 
And now there's the whole extra like filtering and retouching. I think that's added another layer because I was a part of retouching. I remember exactly when it came in because I remember one time they swapped my legs. When we started, it was like a Polaroid that you would have to wait until it was ready. And then you would see and then you shot the film and the film was the film and you had to use good lighting and makeup and hair. And, and now there's this extra layer of like pressure, I would say. Yes, the body diversity movement has helped showing different kinds of bodies, but a lot of times it's still like the perfect curves or the yeah. Eurocentric features. There's still a lot of the beauty ideal wrapped into this diversity that we're seeing, I would say. I always find it so fascinating that, it, you know, when I really look closely sometimes at images in magazines or even on websites, I feel like the models are getting younger and younger. They're like, they're 12 or 13 years old and they're supposed to be acting and looking like women who are, I don't know what age, because it's certainly not my age. I didn't know you already shared your age, so it's not your age either. It's like, well, who are they supposed to represent? The advertisers are trying to get us to want something we don't have. So if we oh. see a bunch of younger girls, it's like, oh, maybe if I wear that, I'll look more youthful and I'll be more wanted or successful, or if I use that makeup. So I would say that that's where that comes from. That's that standard that you talked about. It's crazy. You talked about your dancing growing up and you did a lot of it competitively. What did you love about it? And did you ever consider doing that as a career instead of modeling? I did. Definitely. Oh, I love dancing. I still love dancing. My daughter organically has started getting into it. So I'm like secretly like Yay. cheering. <laughs> I think the thing I loved about dancing the most, or I still love about dancing when I do a class is that I don't think about anything than that. Like when I'm doing that for those couple of minutes, the world around me is forgotten about. And I think in today's world, especially, we don't have enough of those moments. And I have to kind of force myself into those sort of situations to sometimes calm my brain down or stop my brain. And dancing is one of those things. And again, like the modeling world, I have great friends from the dance world and it gave me dance, gave me a lot of confidence. My dance teacher, I mean, I remember when I first went to, I switched studios when I was 12, cause I was like, I was getting more serious about it. My mom was like, all right, we should go to a better studio. I walked in, I had my braces and my big glasses, and I was like really <laughs> shy. And, and she was like, all right, come on, let's, you know. <laughs> and she really like pushed me, but like in this, just the perfect way. I love my dance teacher. She's still in my life. I can appreciate that, that dance aspect of like completely being immersed in and present in the moment. Cause I took ballroom dancing for about 18 months and I would love to get back to it. I just had to stop for a million reasons, but I get that. And I appreciate that understanding of it's like when you're in that zone, that's all you can think about because you have to, <laughs> you really yeah, have, you have to because you're using your brain and your body. You are so real about sharing that time in your life, that two year span that was so traumatic of all those losses of your mom, your dad, your brother, the miscarriages. And you even mentioned that you had lost twins at five and a half months. I can't even imagine what that period of time was like for you. How did you find your balance through that? I had to because I had a little girl. I feel like there's no coincidence that she was born when she was, but it was the first time in my life I had to take care of me. I would say up until that point, I was a chronic caretaker. I took care of everybody around me. I wanted everybody to be happy. It was really important to me. 
I couldn't do yeah. it. My friends changed a lot during that time and my priorities changed a lot during that time. So I think I found balance by clearing a lot out because I needed to only have a little bit in my life and I took care of myself. It was the first time I really understood how much self-care and self-worth are connected. I mean, I think I napped every single day because I was so exhausted. I was so tired, you know? And then I slowly just found the right doctors and the right people, I guess, that would help me, whether it was an acupuncturist to, you know, a medical doctor. But I really was very raw. I was open to help. I think I found the balance by getting rid of some stuff and slowing down and just really taking care of myself. What I find so interesting is, you know, you talked about how you really helped your mom from a very young age. You were you were a caretaker for her. And so it doesn't surprise me that you would say that, that you've always been this caretaker. It's like connecting those dots. And I love the, the comment you made about your mom kind of pushing you from a, a confidence standpoint. And I'm really curious because I love to ask people this question when it does come to confidence. Do you believe it's because of nature, meaning we're born with it, or is it because of nurturing? I definitely think it's both. I think there's like this nature part of like we're innately, like some people, like you can see siblings, like this one's just innately, you know, wants to be on a stage and is confident and can get out there. <laughs> so I think it's both for sure. And then I think nurture comes from how you grew up or what activities and if you've had mentors, like my dance teacher was one of my mentors. But I really cultivated a lot of my confidence in my older life because I, I did it intentionally. I knew I didn't have as much as I wanted to have. So I always say like confidence comes from practice, comes from intentional practice too. But I definitely think it's both nurture and nature. And I also believe you can practice confidence. And sometimes we have to do it daily because that confidence barometer can go up and down depending on what's going on in our lives. Sometimes it's not static. It moves with us. Absolutely. You mentioned your podcast and, and I love that it's beyond beauty project podcast. And you have really important topics. You talk about social media's impact. And one of the topics you recently talked about was making peace with our bodies. How do we do that and embrace the changes that occur naturally in particular, as we get older, how do we do that? Bridget? I would say you have to expand your world. What are you looking at every day? If you're only looking at retouched, perfectly flawless, perfected images that don't actually exist, and we do this a lot on our social media, we scroll in, you know, maybe inspo people or whatever, or people that just look like us, expand the world. That will help so much. Once I started really following like people that are ageism activists, they're bigger body activists, they're all of it. It's like, I was like, wow, when you feel good from the inside mentally and physically, I think you, you do start to love your body more, you know? So find the things that make you feel really good from the inside out. And remember that our bodies are instruments like, I think my mom was a big inspiration for that because she was in a wheelchair and she was bedridden at the end of her life. And I have legs that work and I can carry my almost nine-year-old daughter still. And that's really cool, you know, and I can go to a dance class and if you're going to be alive, you might as well do it, you know? Live your best life is what I say. 
you talked about some of your training. You are a trained nutrition health coach, a certified personal trainer. You're a strong advocate for disordered eating recovery, and as well as what you mentioned too about the mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And I do follow you, as you know, on Instagram. And one of the things that you recently shared, which I thought was so touching, was you had found a journal that you had written something back in 2006. And you were thanking yourself for the gifts that you've been given and the beauty that you've been given. But you also said that you promised to use that beauty wisely. And I feel like that was just you truly tapping into your intuition as well as the vision for the future. I just think that's such a beautiful moment. I mean, I know. <laughs> Me too. I, when I read that, I was like, what? Because I wrote it in 2006. And it's so funny because I've interviewed um, this girl, Katie Wilcox. She's amazing. She does a lot, a very similar message than me. I remember her saying there was a moment in her modeling career where she said, I will no longer use my beauty to harm other people. Mm. And I remember hearing that and being like, yes. And that is one of the reasons why I also chose to walk away. It wasn't just because I needed to heal myself, but I had a daughter. And I had nieces that would see me in advertisements and send me photos. And I'm like, no, and I didn't want to do anything with my body that would hurt anybody that starts off with ourselves. But yeah, that was really cool. I was like, stop. I wrote that. This is really cool. <laughs> I love the fact that you went back and looked at it because I'm someone who journals also. And I know sometimes when I go back and read something, it's like, flashing light bulb, something will pop out and you're like, what did I say back then? And you just go, holy cow, you tap into something that you don't even know you're tapping into perhaps at the time. That's what I talk a lot about when we talk about getting back into our bodies and like listening to ourselves. Like we know we have mm -hmm. a lot of wisdom in us that we don't use. Yes, we do. You once shared a story about speaking to a group of college women and you suggested that they write a love letter to their bodies. What would be the first line of your letter to your body? Oh, I love my love letters. I think I would just say, dear body, I just, I love you so much. Thank you. I think I've written a lot of those letters and it depends where I'm at. But right now I feel like that. There's definitely times where I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I need to give you more sleep or, you know, but. <laughs> I ate too much, right? Yeah, exactly. Too much wine this weekend. Folks, I invite all of you to go to Bridget's website, beyondbeautyproject.com. You're going to learn more about Bridget. You can take advantage of the workshops that she's offering. You can listen to her wonderful podcast and follow her on social media as well. We'll have links for that in our show notes as well. Bridget, I'm so happy to see you today and truly appreciate you sharing and reminding us to first and foremost, love ourselves from the inside out. And that there's so much more to our beauty than just what people see on the outside. Thank you for making that message very clear today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Loved it. And thanks to all of you for listening. As Bridget has done, step into your light and live your best life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.